0: It looks like Zuckerberg is going to get gang banged by Nancy Pelosi and uh, the rest of the gangs at at the old folks home there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The congressional hearing The thing is nothing is going to happen with all that. He's not even under oath in the morning penetration in the morning Brian block. It's just a show. It's just a made to to make it look like something's going to happen. But, you know, damn well, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. They're, they're just wanting in uh, Zucky's pockets. They... Half of they the people of that are probably talking to him have gotten campaign contributions from Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: He totally it's so, bought it's all of p- them.
1: It's just pathetic, the whole thing.
0: He should have showed up in a t-shirt and put his feet up on the on the table.
1: Yeah. He, he's so bizarre looking. Yeah. He... Does not look human. He looks either reptilian or like an android. <laughs> uh,
0: reptilian. Yeah, he's definitely. Maybe he's like one of the inner earth people or maybe he's a gray. Yeah. Did you hear that Red Bull color? coming short. back?
2: Could be
1: gray. No, I didn't.
0: Yeah. Amazon only. It's coming back I know to the you, US.
1: You mentioned it, but. I'm addicted to it. Where have you been getting it from since that? I
0: haven't it's gone. I everywhere I go. I check if there's a place that supplies beverages of some kind. I check because sometimes places will buy it not knowing that it's not Red Bull because they can't tell the difference in the logo, but I've been searching Amazon for like four years for Red Bull Cola at least once a year because it comes up. I, I get a Jones and for it. I'm like start to shake and I, I look it up real fast and it's never there now it is.
2: Yeah, it's an official it's a really,
1: launch. It's a really good drink. There's not enough uh, all natural colas like that.
0: Yeah, it's got hints of like cinnamon and lemon flavors, but it tastes like Coke or something yeah. like
1: Coke. For like twenty ingredients or some all natural ingredients. That
0: reminds me, I'm drinking this
1: Icelandic white ale that
0: you bought me. How is that? That I left in uh, I left it in my hot car for four days. <laughs> It's pretty good. I can see what it was supposed to taste like. (laughs) (laughs) Coriander. Wait. Yeah, coriander and orange peel. It's a white ale. Yeah. It's like (laughs) Einstolgerd. I butchered the name because it's... It's got a Viking
1: on it. It looks cool.
0: Yeah, it looks badass. Are there Vikings in that game you were playing before the show?
1: Uh, there is a... Vi- yeah, actually there is. They're called Norns, and they're like, uh... But they're not, like, seafaring. It's just, it's a different, uh, setting. They're like a mountain people. But their culture is all, like, Viking-ish. Consulting the book of knowledge. Guild Wars? Guild Wars 2, yeah. It's an MMO. You won't like it. But... I've been PvP playing, uh... They have, uh... PvP, which is like, uh conquest and that's kind of like capture points objectives things like that and then they have world versus world which is kind of like full scale massive open battleground pvp
0: i got a question Mm -hmm. are there breast physics
1: uh i don't think so Mm. actually yes i I think there are but
0: but but that korean game that you showed me was the best
1: oh yeah that was
0: fantastic (laughs) <laughs> it was not this, realistic, but it was just so much fun.
1: This is an American developer. Yeah,
0: that's unacceptable. Or so. well, they might, uh, you know, swap the genders.
1: Yeah. Actually, the guys that founded the company that makes this game broke off of uh, Blizzard. They were former Blizzard employees. Oh. There's
0: definitely breast physic- physics potential in this game. I could imagine it, seeing some of the characters. Well, one, maybe two. Um,
2: um,
0: what was that link you you sent earlier in the day about um, that iPhone cracking box? I'm trying to oh, look it up on Mac Rumors.
1: Yeah, it's that, like a
0: phone decryptor.
1: It's like a box that has lightning cables coming out of it, and this company. Uh that has an ex Apple engineer, security engineer working for them, are selling these things to police departments. They must and have they found like, a way to
0: stop it from incrementing the counter.
2: Yeah. Thirty grand. Who's paying for that? Uh nobody directly. Uh you and me. Well that's tax what I mean. Dollars,
0: yeah, sure they'll they'll pay for it. Somebody else is actually paying for it. I wonder if it just emulates a keyboard, and then they somehow bypass the, uh, like the <clears throat> the counter for every time you mistype it, so it doesn't delete itself. Because I don't think that there's any flaw in their cryptographic implementation. So the only way that they're getting past your uh, getting into the phone I would imagine is by brute forcing passwords so if you Mm -hmm. just increase your passphrase length so you're not using a pin but you use the full keyboard which all you have to do is go into your iPhone settings go to the password settings change the password and start putting in a full password and then you just use touch ID to unlock your phone hit the lock button five times and it automatically uh, wipes your fingerprint from the phone or from Ram temporarily. And then you have to enter the pin or in this case, the long password to get in the longer and better the password, the less likely this box will ever get in this gray box, this product that is supposed to crack their phone. Good to know. If you have a 30 character password, they're never getting in. What about a 15-character? The shorter, the less, like... All I know is that when TrueCrypt was a a thing before it became incompatible with current versions of Windows and the developer suspiciously declared it insecure and pulled it from the website and said, go use this backdoor BitLocker product from Microsoft, before that, their minimum password length was 27 characters. And somebody really smart-funded anonymously funded the the production of truecrypt this open source disk folder encryption product for windows and linux and possibly yeah also the mac um it might still launch it's around you can find it i have a mirror that i was trying to build to store copies of the the software but it's kind of old and pointless now anyway they were smart they set a limit Of 27 characters. Uppercase, lowercase, symbols, numbers. So I go by that. Just try and keep your password around 30 characters. You only have to enter it like...
2: hmm, Every reboot? It's not that often. Yeah. Although there's, there's a chance you could forget it. And then you're fucked.
0: <laughs> and then you're yeah. really, really screwed. Yeah. Because a lot of your iCloud uh, backups and stuff are encrypted with that. So you actually have to have that key, that password, to uh, decrypt
2: some of the backups. And that would suck. Yeah.
0: So how are things with the uh, crosswalk cattle in
1: Santa Ana, And I don't even want to. You don't want to think
2: about it? No. uh, I just need to move away from here. I'm just looking for a good rant.
1: I'd rather talk about tech stuff. Um, There's a new, well, I'll talk about the mouse I got cause I was going to talk about this last week and I didn't get to, um, I got this Citrix X one mouse. I don't know if I brought it up on the show before. It's a mouse that you can use with certain RDP sessions in, or, or I'm sorry, certain RDP supported app or certain RDP apps that support it on iOS that, uh, and as of right now, there's only two, which are the Citrix uh whatever the remote app is called and then um jump remote desktop and so i bought jump remote desktop because i knew that it had mouse support and it had support for only two different mice one of them is this ridiculous looking abomination that they sell on amazon it's like 150 dollars and then the other one is the citrix x1 mouse and so this mouse is actually was developed by citrix to work specifically with their RDP uh, application uh, on iOS. And I guess the guys that developed Jump found some way to make it work with their program. So I've been using it with Jump Remote Desktop. It works really well. The scrolling works. Everything's cool. It uh, works really well. It's pretty cool. Uh, the mouse itself isn't... It's not the best quality. It's super light. It's super short too. That's one of the things I don't like about it. It's like really... Like just, it doesn't have good support. It's just very flat. It's kind of like using one of those, um, uh, like the Apple mice. Kind of, but it's it's wider though. It's 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 that it's about that height, but wider. Um, and it doesn't really have any features. Just got a scroll wheel and the left click and right click. But that's probably all that would work anyways
2: with the, uh, you know, with the app. That's kind of cool. Yeah. mouse
0: on the iPad.
2: Yeah. it, it,
1: it works really well. So I've been using that the last few days. I got a cheap little Logitech Bluetooth keyboard that goes with it. Um, so I've been using that more often than my MacBook Pro. Well, I've been at work the last like uh, actually it's been about a week that I've had both.
0: So you RDP and you click stuff with your mouse, and then you what poke the
1: screen, or do you have like a keyboard case? So
2: uh, I have no, I I bought the keyboard. The I told you the Logitech cheap one. I don't remember. It's it was like twenty eight bucks the Bluetooth Logitech keyboard. It's Oh like, yeah, the MFi
1: one. Uh yeah. It's it's designed for like iOS devices and it works for the Apple TV too. Which I guess most keyboards do. Bluetooth keyboards, but I don't know. I I've, I've never tried to get one to work. Most wireless keyboards are
2: those stupid ones that come with a USB dongle. Yeah. Um And obviously the Apple TV doesn't have a USB port on it, so. I mean, it does. It has
1: a USB-C port, but that's like a... It's like a... uh, What do you call it? Diagnostic or something.
0: Yeah. What are you going to say? You've been missing out on some good insurgency games.
1: Yeah, I've been really busy the last couple weeks.
0: I had this brief exchange of gunfire with some guy down a hall. I knew he was at ammo or low. He turned and ran. I probably had like three rounds left in my mag. I didn't want to risk it. I could have been out. So as soon as he turned, I sprinted at him with my knife. He ducked around the corner, so I didn't see where he went. I just went full retard because I knew it would take like about two and a half seconds for him to reload. And I ran as fast as I could and slid like into the stairwell where he was, and I stabbed him in the dick. <laughs> and fucking wrecked him. It sent his body tumbling down the stairwell. Just a ragdoll flopping around. And then, uh,
2: since he was too far away, I had to teabag his gun. Because I was the only thing left upstairs. Ah, oh, such a satisfying game. The less you carry, the faster you run, too, which is really good. Shit. Fucking disconnected. The fuck? Nate moved in from root by the server. That was weird. It's
1: fucking.
0: <laughs> Did you click something?
1: On the. Because one thing I don't like about Jump, sorry to derail whatever you're talking about, one thing I don't like about Jump remote desktop is if you minimize a previously open RDP session, at any point, you could have your iPad off for the entire day. If you reopen the app, it tries to pick up exactly where it left off in the remote session. So I was going to try and while you were talking, I had my iPad out and I was trying to like open up a remote session to my server. And it was the last connection I had was to my desktop that I'm recording on right now. And so it fucking, it, it it locks me out of windows and I had to relaunch mobile because it reroutes the audio and everything for RDP when that happens. And so
2: it fucks everything up. Wow. But anyway, sorry. Continue what you're talking about. Uh,
0: well, uh, that was it. Just wrecking noobs, teabagging guys that are they're too far away to teabag. His body fell down the stairwell, so I just teabagged his gun. The usual. <laughs> My balls are sore. I've just been dragging them everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I uh, I just want that fucking new insurgency game to come out. Sandstorm.
0: That that fucking that game, it's vaporware.
1: No
2: nah, It's like Half-Life so. 3
0: drink.
1: <laughs> Valve's developing games again though. hmm That joke may be short lived.
0: I'll believe it when I see it. Did you know that there's actually three versions of Counter Strike or more? So they, they've done a third game. People overlook that for the whole Half Life Three meme.
2: Drink. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm drinking a Saint Pauli Girl right now. The NA one?
1: No, the full, the regular one. You can get yeah. it at uh, Total Wine. It's cheap too. It's six ninety nine a six pack. It's decent. It's not. It's a, It's like a. Uh,
0: it's like a malt beverage. Mm, no
1: it's it's bavaria it's well no it's not bavarian it's from northern germany that's why i was confused because i thought because i know there's beer that comes from north germany and bremen bremen is like one of the other beer capitals in germany and so i always associated munich mistakenly with that area too like northern germany when in really it's southern germany and munich is where bavaria is so The beers that I generally drink from Germany are from Bavaria, but there's also beers from Bremen, Northern Germany that I like as well. And this is one of them. St. Pauli Girl is made in Bremen. I think same with Beck's and uh, some of the more mass-produced ones. um, Uh. I think Warsteiner is from Bremen, too. Let me see. Consult the book of knowledge. Uh Warsteiner is Arnsberg Forest Nature Park outside of Warstein, North Rhine Westphalia. North Rhine Westphalia, that's West Germany, right? I don't know. That's uh, central, northern, western Germany. It's like kind of right in the middle. Bottom line is, there's lots of good beer that you can get all over Germany. I probably shouldn't have ordered this Red Bull Cola.
0: Where
1: did you order it from? Uh, whoever was selling it on Amazon, it was. Probably- I went on Amazon. There's nobody. There's like it's all gone. There's nothing.
0: Well, the reason I say that is I'm checking on its uh, order status. It's not a good sign. I shouldn't want something that bad.
1: <sighs> Amazon, their shipping is just not as good as it used to be. Flat
2: out. Red Bull Cola. I see multiple results. Um. Fifteen dollars for a four pack.
0: A little pricey. You can buy canned pussy, apparently. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> An energy drink. Red Bull ginger ale. That that sounds cool. I should try that. What where's the big Red Bull Cola?
2: Hmm. Delicious. So, there's a
1: new God of War game coming out. I don't know if I've told you about it. You remember the... I I think I've told you about the old God of War games, like Greek mythology. Yeah, the the game with tits. Yeah. Rips God's heads off and stuff. And the Uh, interactive sex scene. The new game, it's based in Norse mythology now, and it's kind of like a soft reboot of the series. And it's kind of like a do-over. Like, I don't you didn't you don't really know the context of the game, but the bottom line is the main character is this Is this a spoiler? But, no. He's he's just he's like a a rage machine. Like he just gets angry and he destroys everything. And so this new game, it's like it's kinda like he has a son. It's like kinda like an alternate version of him. Now set in Norse mythology, and he has a son that accompanies you the whole way. So like he kinda has to like it's not he's not like this just like unbridled rage machine anymore now it's like more strategy and stuff because you have to help protect him and then he provides worth too because he like is like helps you fight shit but anyway the whole entire game from beginning to end is one shot
0: what does that mean there's no cutscene the o-
1: there's nothing the whole game is one shot the only time that it's, it that there's any interface or anything is when you die it's a 30-hour game that's just one Ooh. camera shot 30 hours yeah and the reviews that have come out for it so far have said that it's like one of the best games ever made i have so a uh, exclusive audio clip
0: from the game right here <laughs>
2: uh yeah
0: alex jones rage machine by place Boing.
1: i've been listening to infowars a lot lately what have you learned bro uh it's. I like The War Room with Owen Schroer. He's pretty good, actually. He's like 28 years old. He's not like some old angry guy yelling like Alex Jones. He makes... Because that show, it's him and Roger Stone that do that show. Like, they're co-hosts. And uh, I always like listening to Roger Stone because he's interesting and weird. And... I don't know. Owen Schroer, he's kind of like um he's the guy, have you seen the videos where uh like you've heard of uh, AIDS Skrillex, right? Yeah. And uh uh you're a white male and all that and yeah, Placeboing well, did
0: a great remix of that and then okay, got the, it pulled from his account.
1: The guy interviewing him and stirring those people up is Owen Schroer and he's the host of The War Room on InfoWars. It's like a show that's only I think the show oh, just the came out hair. like October It was like October of last year How when the show started. Schroer O O N O W E N S H R O E R, or S H R O Y E R. He kind of has like a smug look on his face. <laughs> yes, he does. He <laughs> You got to it's you got to listen uh, just get the podcast for the war room. It's pretty good. If you skip all the annoying ads without trying to sell all the fucking pills and shit, they uh, it's pretty good because he plays audio clips and stuff and he has certain names. He's it's very he's very no agenda like I'll put it that way. Unlike Alex Jones. Alex Jones is just pure. He just goes nuts. Yeah, yeah, definitely
2: in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay do you understand
0: that yep that summarizes it right there i see him yeah he's got the facial hair and the
2: uh hair up in the front yeah um
1: but yeah i've been listening to that it's pretty good They get people to call in into and it kind of gives. It satisfies that itch that I had when free talk when I got over free talk live because the whole movement up there was infiltrated by leftists and they started calling in to free talk live and having arguments like every single episode of that show slowly be de- just degenerated into shouting matches with callers and like when Ian uh, they try to like. Portray Ian, the 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 main guy that put it all together Mm -hmm. as a uh, pedophile, and then he got ousted from the show, and then it was Mark who is like a criminal, like got went to jail for like accomplice, accessory to murder or something because he drove the car. Like, yeah, like. Anyway, that that free talk live that whole thing is like dead to me. I don't even listen to it anymore. So I've I like having another live show or a show that was live to air that has people calling in and stuff like that just to get different opinions and things like that. I still listen to No Agenda, obviously, but um, I think some of the InfoWars programming is actually pretty good. Especially Dave- David Knight's good too. The guy that's in the morning, so it looks like Dan Fouts. He's pretty good. Um, like their crew is actually pretty good. It's just Alex Jones is just kryptonite to it. It's like the second you say anything about him, it just immediately, like the second you say anything about Infowars, then people just attribute it to him, and then they just immediately, um, you know, just mark it off like it's not like it's fake news and bullshit, you know. He's been relegated to just the the, the fucking sales guy now. Like, he's had all these other people do all these shows now and take over for him because he's so busy with all his lawsuits that he has to deal with. Oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. And Roger Stone. Everybody on that network has, like, a lawsuit against them. Even the girl, the the cute one that does, like, the, the, the little filler commercials, like the news breakdowns. Leanne something. Leanne, uh... Leanne McAdoo. How do you do that? Because I started searching Leanne and in my search history, McAdoo came up. Yeah. Yeah, she's actually hot.
0: I have um, researched it and I can't confirm this.
2: Sorry, but distracted. anyway, um... Oh, was I talking about before? Oh yeah, God of War.
1: But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked for that game because everything about it looks really awesome. Looks brutal too. I'm watching a video of him chopping a troll's face in half, like at the mouth line, and his top of his head's coming off. <laughs> oh yeah, his new weapon is an axe now. It's like Thor's hammer. It's like you throw it. And like you could pin enemies to the wall. So you got like one guy pinned to the wall and then you can just like pummel the other guy with your fists and then like pull the ham the axe back to you. And like I was watching a video where like he was in a forest and the, the areas are huge. You can like pin an enemy or like throw your axe like and it'll get stuck in a tree in a forest. And you could like run across the other side of the forest and then you could pull it back. And then like you could hear like the axe like breaking through things as it comes to you. Kind of like Thor's hammer would be in Avengers or any of that, whatever, whatever movies he's in it's pretty cool i'm i, I really am interested in norse mythology because I, I feel like it's not portrayed really in anything other than like just stupid fairy tale crap like elves and fairies and that's like where mermaids that's all shit from norse mythology that's just like the the disneyfied crap you know like none of like the the brutal dark stuff is like really explored other than like death metal and uh you know things actually out of scandinavia um so I'm interested to see like what their interpretations are of all the monster or the different gods and um beings and stuff like that There's probably a
0: book that kind of re Writes those characters like, um, something in The Lightning Thief. What is that young adult novel called? It redoes like Greek history.
1: I gotta consult the book of knowledge. Well, Greek and um, Rick Rorden, Piercy Jackson. Oh Percy MPM. Jackson, per- yeah. Percy Jackson, yeah. They tried to make movies about it, and they were terrible. I, I remember that. <clears throat> I think I just feel like Greek mythology is a little played out in pop culture. Like it's kind of like, like Cupid. Everyone knows who Cupid is. It's in everything. It's associated with a holiday that it has no connotation to. I know on the Bugs Baffy one. Or was it uh, Elmer Fudd? was not there
0: an Elmer Fudd Cupid?
1: Well, there's Aphrodite. Like there's things that are in Greek mythology that overlap with like American pop culture.
2: Um, where is there North- was one?
0: North- Elmer Fudd Cupid. I found it.
1: Well, I think Disney was into Greek mythology too, and he used some of he had some of those influences in some of the stuff that he did. I think in Fantasia there was like a Greek mythology thing. Oh yeah, it was uh What's the god this is the god the sun god in uh Greek mythology? It starts with an H. Is it he- helios? I think it's Helios. He like rides, you know how he rides on a chariot and then that's like what creates sunrise? That's what it is. Yeah, that's in Fantasia. So
2: Disney is a huge part of American pop culture. So there you go. Huh. I don't remember that cartoon. Fantasia?
0: Yeah, I'd have to watch a YouTube clip. I'm not going to do that right now. I remember that it was like a mop or broom with the water buckets. It's funny. I remember parts of this.
2: I think Helios was in that. He's the sun god, right? Yeah. Or the guy that drives the sun across the sky. Well, now it says Apollo when I do. If you, if you Google search Sun
1: God Greek, it's, it says Apollo. Yeah, I saw both results, but Helios
0: was the first one. Are you binging it?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find the. So oh, yeah, there's You're a Zeus Bing? scene, too. No, not Bing. Oh. There's Zeus in Fantasia, too. See, I totally forgot
2: about this. It's actually a wiki page from him. you actually to the time to do this. Yeah, the internet's great. Wait
0: a minute. Was that... Uh, I got like a weird static blast. That was weird. Yeah, uh, I heard it too. Yeah, it could be my audio interface. My audio interface works now. Now that I'm on 10.13.4, the update that came out like the last time we were doing the show. Solved my problem. There's something else that it solved. Oh, uh, it added external GPU support, which is apparently really cool. So in applications that are designed for it, you can be doing something where your internal GPU gets you a low frame rate. You plug in the external GPU, and the video gets piped out through your external GPU's display. Presumably you have a nice display, like a 120-hertz display hooked to it. And then, boom, shows up there, runs at a nice high frame rate. Own some noobs. When you're done, disconnect, and go about your business. It'll also, for certain applications, like if you're rendering something, that eGPU support will put part of the task on your internal GPU and the external one. So you could have multiple external GPUs and recruit all of them to do some, that's cool. So I don't know if a game would benefit from that unless you're doing some kind of crossfire thing.
1: Like SLI. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. then they'd have to be on the same daughter board. You still wouldn't have enough bandwidth unless they're communicating between each other. I'm not sure how that would work, but I know that there was a demo at one of Apple's recent events where they, they showed off how they hooked two external GPUs to a MacBook pro And they did about 75% of the render, the two GPUs. And then, like, that leftover bit, that 25% was done by the laptop's internal GPU.
2: Because that's all it could do. Hmm. Probably Cinema 4D or something. That reminds me, you should run
0: the Cinebench benchmark and see what your numbers are. I have some crazy numbers. I I would have to switch to my game account and then check my Mumble profile there because in Mumble I posted my Cinebench stats. I should put them in the show notes. And they were really high. Like I think the CPU rendered task I got a score over like 20,000 or something.
2: And that's what the... What's the chip in yours again?
0: It's like a Xeon W 10-core. Yeah, 10-core
1: Xeon W. What's... You don't know what the the name... I wanted to see what the uh, pass mark is on it. Uh, Is it an i9 or an i7? Or no, it's a a Xeon you said, my bad. Xeon...
0: W. It's a 10 core. There's only one of them. Well, they have a
1: 3520, 3550, There should only be one 10
2: core. I'm still looking. Hardware. I guess it's just under hardware. It doesn't they have give a me like. core.
1: Oh, here we go. W2155. 10 core. It was 2145, which is an 8-core. Okay, yeah, so yours has got to be the 2155.
2: Uh, Mine is just a flat 3 gigahertz, not 3.3. Maybe 2100, if they have that.
1: Supposedly, it was a custom chip. They have a 2.9 gigahertz one. That's a 2102. I don't know. You're looking for Passmark? Yeah. What
2: the hell? This is a quad core?
0: iMac Pro Passmark...
1: I'm just trying to see if I can figure out what yours is, because even the propri- the special Apple ones, uh, they list on here, because the one that's in my MacBook Pro with those Iris graphics, they they list as a special i7
2: processor.
1: Passmark, one word?
2: Passmark, yeah. 16,282? Damn. Can you
1: link that? I haven't even
0: read it yet. I'm... I read that from like the Google. 16,000
1: is insane though. The, to give you an idea, my i seven, my thirty seven seventy K uh which is still a good chip. It's it's six years old now,
2: but it's still a good chip. That's like a four thousand pass mark. Wow. So this is a pretty pretty powerful. That was the eight core benchmark. So that I don't know, a couple percent faster. Man, you'll never hit the the
1: threshold for that.
0: Uh Marco Arment, the guy that made Instapaper, Overcast, the podcast app, and the magazine. It was a magazine when Apple released their magazine app or magazine feature, which they conveniently Secretly, like made disappear out of iOS. Anyway, uh, he made a I of like a podcast publishing app. Not really publishing, but part of it's like a part of the creation tools that you'd need. And it was a, a highly parallel version of ffmpeg, I think. So it'll encode an MP3, an hour long MP3 that would normally take I don't know a couple of minutes to encode. Uh, with a single core, it does in, like, a fraction of a second. I think in less than, like, two seconds. It'll max out every core. You'll see it spike, and then it'll go away. You make a little change, it re-renders the MP3 from scratch because it's really fast.
1: This article that you linked, that Asus board... I, that thing looks like that thing will fail within a fucking year. Just looking at that, I do not trust anything that they make anymore. They host corrupted drivers on their fucking website.
0: Yeah, they they put backdoors in their styles. hardware.
1: They're incompetent.
2: I'm gonna get you the the link. Even if this has Thunderbolt three, I don't I, no. What the hell is KeyBot? I don't know. There you go. All the Epic,
0: Ryzen, basically any any AMD product, all the third-party sellers that make all the chips and stuff for the AMD stuff, it's all Chinese garbage, and it has backdoors, like actual malicious backdoors from the manufacturer.
2: Apparently there's a website. AMDflaws.com. There you go. Wow. So <clears throat> the uh
1: the motherboard manufacturers produce So this is a class action lawsuit. Laws. Looks like it's it's gonna happen. This looks like a class action lawsuit website. Am I affected?
0: Yeah, it does, but I think it was made by some Israeli firm.
1: Yeah, CTS Labs.
2: <clears throat> well,
1: this is, uh, there's going to be some lawyer salivating to get this you know, fucking steel fucking hard on. <laughs> seriously, these kinds of class action lawsuits always get settled big time. Always. AMD's got the money for it too. It's end to end. AS Rock, Asus.
2: It looks like everybody. What about Because
1: um, there's some boards that have AMD um Crossfire controllers in them, even though they're Intel boards. What about those? I would
0: imagine that they would be vulnerable. I don't know, though. I I have no idea. This is too fucking technical. They're like, if you do certain things in a certain sequence, you can exploit this and that weird. Weird, extremely nerdy stuff. And a lot of it is of course supposed to look like an accident.
2: Yeah. Um I don't know uh
1: if anyone even knows about this, to be honest. We don't have this didn't even get any coverage. All the Intel stuff did. We don't have it, like really any clients that use amd stuff are only ones that do are like the ones that are cheap asses that go out and buy crap tops that have like those amd apus in them crap tops yeah we don't support them either well the first thing we'll do is like if they have a problem we'll just try and fix the problem like as with this basic troubleshooting as possible and then if there's any more issues with it we'll be like look this thing wasn't worth the initial investment to begin with. So any more money that you're paying us to try and fix it is not going to be worth your, your, our time. And it's not going to be worth your money. And then we just like suggest a, a a new machine to them. So I bet they hate that. uh, Well, people are ignorant when it comes, especially, you know what the most, and I've, I feel like I've harped on this before, but like, the most ignorant people when it comes to technology are like attorneys. They just have no concept of like what performance is, like what certain parts of a computer do. And even if you sit there and try and explain it to them, they don't, they just don't understand. It's just like, it goes in one ear and out the other. So it's like, you're better off just not even telling them better off just like, for presenting a solution to them and then trying to get them to agree uh, agree with it, but they still ask questions they don't even understand the answers to. So it's like yeah, they don't even know that it's not even the, right. Those are the people that just go out to Staples and buy a piece of shit like what I was just describing, and then they call us when there's a problem, and then we have to try and fix it, and then only like they're only willing to spend money reactionary, like they're not. They're never like, I don't know. They just, they, they think they're saving money by going cheap and then they don't learn from their mistakes when there's constant problems thereafter. And then it ends up costing them more money because they got to pay us to fix the problems for them. And then it wastes our time. Even though we're getting paid, we're still going to do it, but it's wasting our time.
2: And yeah.
0: Speaking of prevention and hard, hardware or some type of backdoors um yubikey i know you have one they make these cool hardware two factor authentication uh two factor authentication tokens that can be used for protocols like u2f for having a challenge a cryptographic challenge response with google dropbox uh I don't know, probably Facebook, a couple others. You can also load a RSA key on them and use them as your hardware security key for getting into um, for SSHing into your servers. So instead of having that ID RSA key on your disk that can be exfiltrated by some malicious porn site that breaks out of your browser sandbox and exfiltrates your keys, now logs into your servers and owns everything and. I don't know, extorts your customers. It's in your YubiKey, and your YubiKey will never give up the private key. You can also combine that with a SSH certificate authority, which I just found out, which is very cool, because when you seed all of your servers with your certificate authority's public key, any uh, RSA key that you would normally have on your disk, on your computer, you would sign, you generate a certificate for it, And then that would automatically let any of your workstations, like your computer at work or your computer at home, log in to all your remote servers. That also works with the YubiKey. So when the YubiKey is plugged in, you can just delete your IDRSA key off your disk. You don't need them anymore. Sign the public key for your YubiKey, and it works like any IDRSA key. Hmm. I don't know how often you SSH, but... I imagine you're probably using uh, passwords.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not using SSH that often. It's mostly for my own stuff
2: that I use it for, not for clients. Um, well, and setting up access points,
1: but that's...
0: All the ubiquity stuff. Doesn't that's another what great thing. we're talking thing. about, yeah. You put that uh, certificate authority on all the access points, you can come back... Years later, sign the new IDRSA key on your new laptop that, that that router's never seen before and just sign in automatically because you were given permission by signing your key with the
2: certificate authority. Hmm. They have some
1: features like that in the... uh I don't know if you've used the new Unify controller. They've updated it kind of slowly over the years. Even the no. this, the the just the basic uh well anyway they've added like encryption and stuff like that settings that you can configure from the uh the ui now but the only one that i would actually want to like that i care about really using it for is for the unified video one because those basically how those work or how i have it set up for my unified camera i have it set to only record snapshots or and i'm sorry not snapshots it's uh video like little 10 second video clips based on motion so it's not constantly recording what it's doing is anytime it picks up motion it records for 10 seconds until it picks up motion again and then records for another 10 seconds so um all of those videos you can access from the interface online and if I had audio turned on like microphone recording for that, like if it's inside the house, I don't want my recordings like potentially being accessible with audio that's going on inside my house, you know? And so that's where I would want some sort of, you know, way to encrypt those videos, wherever they're being stored, if whether it's just in the controller or if they're being stored on a local storage somewhere on a machine in my house, um right now they're just being stored in the controller that's it which they give you like free cloud it's kind of weird because they don't tell you how much free like you have a cloud account when you make a ubiquity account and like with cloud access you can use like the apps on ios and stuff to access your video stream but they don't tell you how much storage you have for saving all of those 10 second videos on there and i know it's not using my local storage because the drive that I have it set to, it's not like you can specify a local, uh, a drive for it to save those videos, but I don't think it's actually writing it to that drive because I see a folder in there, but there's no storage being taken up. So where are all the videos being stored They're in there? It's gotta be in their servers. And Hmm. I don't, yeah, yeah. it's weird. So I don't know if they maybe just have some free service that they don't even disclose how much, Storage you get, they just kind of just offer it, but that's why I was kind of hoping that you or Alan would get one of those NVRs because I've the only one I've worked with is the old version, the the, the first revision, and they were crap. They had like they would overheat, uh, um, the little they thing client one, they're like a little, uh, looks like a firewall, like it's about that, yeah, like size. a little, like
0: Weiss, a little Vice or Weiss terminal, whatever those things yeah. are called,
1: yeah. And it's, it's not, uh, I don't think it was a hardware problem. I think it, well, it it was a hardware problem, but I think it was a combination of their, um, their software running on the hardware that had problems and they had firmware updates over time. They tried to make it better, but it never really, it was like, it couldn't even support more than like three continuous streams without having problems. So it was just probably shit. overheated. It's yeah. like
0: the size of a small microwave pizza box.
1: Yeah. So the new, well, the new revision, they fixed that problem. So I don't know what the hardware specs on it because I don't think they ever disclosed that. Like they want, they're not going to tell you what chip it has in it and how much memory it or. But, um, I've heard that the problems are fixed. I just haven't worked with the new one yet. So it'd be nice if you or Alan got that one of those. Threw your hands up in the air, trying to mess with that setup that he has right yeah, now Chinese
0: piece of shit. Yeah. I just, just need like, mine for uh, a little secret mission. I will disclose when I'm done. Once the guy's I him... in jail.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, the, uh, yeah, not yeah. Just...
0: now, no, no, I got to keep it secret okay. for now. i have got to buy a whole domain name. It's gonna, it's a whole guerrilla marketing campaign. Could nice get the whole neighborhood involved. Anyway, uh, uh, you, you talking about storage reminded me. I created a little GitHub project called Privacy Hacks, and I was trying to find a way to log into my portable my uh, my, my personal accounts, which I realize have like chat records and documents and uh, it's like four terabytes of stuff and location history and fucking everything. And and I got tired of signing into an incognito tab at work, so when and since there's there's no more portable Chrome or portable Firefox that anybody develops anymore, maybe on Windows, but not for the Mac anymore. They're just like the app is technically portable anyway, but really what I want is I don't want my user profile being written to disk because that's where all okay. the stuff is. So in this GitHub repo, I. Roughly outline what I did. I created an encrypted disk image on the Mac, copied my profile into it, and symlinked it back to where it should be. That's it. I created a special launcher. It's a special little Chrome icon at the bottom of the GitHub repo. And it's got a check mark on it. When I click that, it runs a bash script that just says, Mount your encrypted disk image. So it prompts me for a password. So from my perspective, it prompts me for a password. I type in the secret password, and then it opens Chrome. It it works beautifully. When I don't click the special box with the little check mark, and I just open Chrome, Chrome tries to open. It starts to load up the list of profiles, and then it crashes. And then you reopen it again, and it's like a brand new version of Chrome because there's no more user profile. Right. So then I quit Chrome again, and I click my version of Chrome which is just that it's just a bash script that launches the, uh, the Mount command. Basically I type in my password and then it opens Chrome, which then now that the SIM link works, it, it opens my Chrome profile and restores all my browser windows. So caching, everything is loaded into this encrypted disk image, which I also put into a dedicated Dropbox account because it only needs a couple hundred megs to do this because of all the disk caching and stuff. So now I can go into this dedicated Dropbox account and remote wipe this encrypted disk image from the computer. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's really fucking cool. I could be like,
1: oh. That would be uh, useful for work, because we have these. That's what I this, do. Yeah, we have this problem with this one client that uses a bunch of Mac devices, and they're, even if we set a local admin account on it, they could just make their account because we have to give them some... We basically have to make their account admin because if they ever need to do anything, there's no uh domain structure or anything like that. They just need to install stuff and you, and have things run when they need them to. So we give them an admin account, like a local admin account, but they, that gives them full control to do whatever they want on the device. They could change their password. They can rename the device. They can do whatever they want with it. And so when we remote into it, if we don't also have a local admin account on it, like we can't do anything. And a lot of the time people bring in their their external hard drives and stuff like that. And like they plug them into like company devices. And then they sometimes put their own like they put company documents on their own storage, you know. And so... It would be nice to have a way where we can just like like a company or a client's terminated, they're off-site, they have a laptop. It'd be a nice way to like, okay, we see the laptop online, we can just remote wipe it instantly like that. Like there's no way you can do that in macOS that I know of. Um, I think you could just add a profile and remote wipe it. No, but you would have to actually commandeer the laptop to do it. Like get in on it. You need to have the laptop like, to begin with, and then put a
0: uh, Mac OS server profile on it. And also, Mac you OS can have, server, yeah, yeah. But we don't. You can have network uh, accounts, so the the system can be set up without a admin account. And then, when it's on the network, you can sign in with administrator privileges with your account name.
1: But when you say on the network, are you talking about like the yeah, network the where network. their Mac OS server is running, or are you talking yeah. about I, see, what I'm you talking do about is like people across too. the country, people that are like in uh, fucking Indiana, you know, that we can just remote wipe their machine from our office. And yeah, then find like, my iPhone well, fuck. will like I, like, I was just fired. Yeah. So you have to set up
0: the profile, which would. Yeah, but there's nothing
1: stopping that client that. from removing the Apple ID that's associated with that device and then putting their. That's Apple why you have ID to have a profile.
0: And make mm. sure they're not an admin.
1: Man, it, yeah, managing that stuff and then explaining to a client, like, our... You just have to pre-flight it on your own
0: stuff at work. It's not that hard. You, like, go to... I don't remember where it was. Like, users or something, and then you... And then you hit... Somewhere around here. There's, like, a join... uh, Join... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, users and groups, and then hit login options, and then... There's a network account server. You hit join. You just type in the local domain for the IP and sign in with the admin account. So you would do this. Now they're basically enrolled in the server. And then while they're on the local network or even over the internet, you can set up with the macOS server a a profile provisioning server that the web server that's built into the macOS server is designed for this. And when you create your profiles, the profile will be listed on this. They, they, uh, add the administrator profile, which is where you would apply whatever policies you want remotely on their system. Okay.
1: I'll have to look into that. I,
0: it's not that difficult. I've never touched it before until like a week ago, just for shits and giggles, I was messing with it. And it was pretty
1: easy to figure out. Again, it would be nice if there was documentation on this stuff. There is. That's how I looked it up. Yeah, but where, though? Not from Apple.
0: Yeah. There's stuff from Apple, there's stuff from random websites. It's a mix of both. Okay. It's not like Microsoft, where they're basically an MLM creating the step by step everything for you to go resell to other businesses. It's not like that. And the whole server product line from Apple is it's like a But Don't you hairline. honestly
1: think though, if they had a if Apple had more of a commitment to the Mac line that they would have something like that for business, like for IT people and enterprise use. It's called the command line. Not, you're not using the command line to fix problems of, with things going on in the GUI. Uh, what yeah. if you have a third-party application that's mouth- that's not working right
0: in macOS? I SSH into the the one guy that I have set up this way. I SSH in, or I, from the remote desktop tool, I just issue a command. And I say brew cask upgrade, and then it goes and updates his proprietary software to the latest version.
1: Yeah, but... Update, updating your software is one thing. I'm talking about like when something's not working, like when you have an application that just won't launch. I would probably, I would
0: in, back up the, the preferences, delete them, and then remotely open it again, see if it opened. If it did, give myself a pat on the back and open a beer. If it didn't, then say your SOL.
1: That's not acceptable for clients when you work in IT. (laughs) I would say restore
0: from a time machine backup.
1: Yeah, that's really the default. It's just like go back to a time machine backup. That's the thing we like emphasize with all our clients. We're like the second you get a Mac in your office, get a fucking external drive connected to it and have a time machine backup. But if it's a laptop,
0: there I've seen this where people are like, Oh yeah, I have a backup and I go and look at time machine. It's like fucking February.
1: Yeah. Well, what happens is they run out of storage, and then they let the backups lapse. Well, the backup can't run any more backups.
0: No, you can. It's a rolling buffer. There is no such thing as running out of backup space. If you have twenty gigs, you only need twenty gigs. It's no, a if rolling you're using backup. a
1: network, if you're using a network drive, it, no, it doesn't it,
0: matter. Rolling backup. For whatever stupid reason, Time Machine's default is to say, um, or under options, it notify after old backups are deleted. I don't know why the fuck that's checked, but it shouldn't be. You shouldn't know when your backups are being deleted. Your backups should just automatically phase out, just disappear into the ether, the old stuff. Because however much storage you have is basically, think of it as like a, the NVR, the network video recorder for your security cameras. Mm-hmm. You're going to always use the two terabytes on that disk. But that means you get one week worth of video recording. So time machine's the same way. You only have two terabytes. You're only going to have one month of of rolling backups. Once it goes to day 31, that that backup you want from 31 days ago is gone. But if you restore it on day 30, it's still there. Yeah. So you're always going to use, no matter how much space there is, you're always going to use it. Even if you had 20 gigs on disk, you will eventually use 10 terabytes. You'll just forever go back in time for however many years it takes until you filled the 10 terabytes with your 20 gig disc and all your little hundred meg changes every hour. Yeah. That machine's great. And on basically every version, I wish
1: windows had something like that built into it. They have file history, but that's not the same because it's not creating an image that you can restore from. It's, neither creating... well, do this
0: time machine technically it's just replacing some of the files on your uh your system no, you wants can... to restore.
1: But what I'm saying is within the restore process meaning if you install a new version of macOS on a MacBook it gives you the option to restore from a time machine backup. Yeah. There's nothing like that that exists for Windows which is unfortunate because you if you had something like that that was running at all times you wouldn't even need to do startup repairs anymore. You could just do just restore from an image every time that's what system restore is supposed to be but system restore still has to be launched from within windows to work i don't think you can actually boot to a system restore image like from the install media it doesn't work like that you actually have to have like a system restore image that was created like and that's assuming you even have it turned on because sometimes like if you run um uh, what do you call it?
2: Uh, Check disk? No. Um, if you're trying buddy? to
1: maximize, because it, what it does is it uses, System Restore uses a certain amount of disk space. Like, even if you're not creating images, just having System Restore enabled uses, like, I think 10 gigs of disk space. Yeah. So what people will do is if they've got, like and they were doing this, it's not so common now, but like when SSDs first came out, when they were like 128 gig SSDs and 64 gig SSDs, to so like make Windows work on those, they would just disable that. They would disable like the they would remove the hibernation file, which is like 14 gigs. They would dis- uh, disable system restore, that would save another 10 gigs, and they would get like their total Windows image size down to like like 10 gigabytes or Impossible. less. Impossible. Yeah, you can disable whole. You can disable Aero. You can remove all of that shit. It's not going to save the, the space, cool thing though. about. The cool thing about Windows PE is you can customize Windows installs through that. Yeah, you're slipstreaming you can, stuff. And you can make it so that you can deploy Windows installs without all that crap.
0: But it comes and built can... in with malware. What do you mean? I'm making fun of it because you don't know where the fuck it came from. Who made that slipstream tool? There's a sketchy uh, OS 10 disk creator. It's like called Disk Maker X or something.
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard of that.
0: Something like that, yeah. It's French. Who the fuck made that? Hmm, there's no authentication. There could be a watering hole attack. Like uh that L media media player. Their downloader, their uh their software got replaced on their site. They didn't know. There was no checksum. There was no uh, cryptographic authentication. No PGP signature. So the download got replaced with a valid gatekeeper signed binary and people downloaded L media the legit multimedia software went to go play it and this proton remote access Trojan got installed so somebody was sitting there watching your camera and taking screen captures and uh, sampling your keystrokes while you're looking at uh, BBC <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that's great that's a good spot to end yeah, wallet.com
0: slash contact for feedback and suggestions bring your uh, mix.info slash donate
1: the domain you stole from me or i gifted I totally, you rather
0: no i totally stole it you let it expire and i was like i can't let that expire because i used it in an intro so i bought it up <laughs> i own well i can't really you i can't say some of the domains that i own i haven't found a use for them yet i don't want to expose them here on the show or have somebody buy them out from underneath me like frothymixinfo slash donate to share the show and what do I say and support the show this is amazing web 3.0 technology click the button and watch you can pay with apple pay
2: yeah amazing check it out yeah see you next week sayonara